Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Yes, praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime. Praise him, praise him, praise him when the sun goes down. As I was reading Psalm 103, David goes and exhorts his soul. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. And as I have been meditating on those benefits the last few weeks, folks, I am blessed and the more you go and focus on those benefits the more you want to praise God and so today and it has been a while I am going to have a hymn special and that hymn special is going to be focused on praising and adoring God for who he is and what he has done for us a fitting way to continue our Easter season don't you think well as we consider what Christ has done for us won't you join me in our invitation to come, ye that love the Lord, and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord, and thus surround the throne, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. I hope and pray that you know what your destiny is even though you may be going through weird and wonderful circumstances this day. Come, ye that love the Lord. Now, continuing in our vein of praise, Charlize is going to read Psalm 66 to us. Thank you, Charlize. Our reading today is from Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds! So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in Him. He rules forever by His power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water. But you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Thank you, Charlize. And we will look in more detail at Psalm 66 as we go through our program. But the psalmist goes and says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. The hymn, King of glory, King of peace, I will love thee. 
second verse goes and says, Wherefore with my utmost art I will sing thee, and the cream of all my heart I will bring thee. Then note this, Though my sins against me cried, Thou didst clear me, and alone when they replied, Thou didst hear me. When we consider the words of these hymns, isn't it wonderful? And don't we have reason to give God praise and glory for all that he has done for us? God has stepped into our situation irrespective of our sin. In fact, it was because of our sin that he had stepped into our situation so that he could bring us back into a right standing with him. Oh, I love the fact that God has decided that he wants to be our God and we have opportunity to be his people. And I hope that you can say today, yes, I am one of God's people. Seven whole days, not one in seven, I will praise thee in my heart, though not in heaven, I can raise thee. Small it is in this poor sort to enroll thee in eternities too short to extol thee. What reasons have you got to give God the praise and glory this morning? Think on that while we listen to this next hymn. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we are having a hymn special praising and adoring God for who he is. Folks, my soul is dancing these days. I am so excited. And the thing is that I will be sharing more of that in my little uncup on tea section at the end. And so I'd encourage you to fire up the kettle and join me for a cuppa where we'll be digging into what it is and why it is that we should wait on the Lord. Looking at the life of the eagle, as the scripture goes and exhorts us to do. In Psalm 66, the psalmist goes and tells us to shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you and all the earth bow down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. Charles Wesley went and wrote the hymn, Meet and right it is to sing. Let us just listen to some of the words from it. Meet and right it is to sing in every time and place. Glory to our heavenly King, the God of truth and grace. Join we then with sweet accord, all in one thanksgiving join. Holy, holy, holy Lord, eternal praise be thine. Let us just give God the glory today. If for only one reason and one reason only, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Meet and write it is to sing. In verse 5 of the psalm, it goes and says to us, Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for our mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. Our next hymn again speaks about the angels singing around the throne, but then it goes on to talk about us human beings, and this is what it goes and says. Although this verse is not contained within the version 
of the hymn that has been sung in a few moments. Just listen to the words of this. Thou who art beyond the farthest, mortal eye can scan. Can it be that thou regardest songs of sinful man? Can we know that thou art near us and wilt hear us? Yes, we can. And isn't that what the psalmist is actually saying? That in the midst of his crisis, that's why he's asking us, exhorting all of us to join with him in shouting for joy, for singing praise, to give glory to God because of what God has done for you and me. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. What are the awesome deeds that God has done for you? What are the awesome deeds that you know can truly be just and thus as a result to him you must give the glory? Or has it been that you look at your life and you have not seen the hand of God at work in it? Yet today you live in the day of grace, you're alive and you are blessed because God is blessing you just by being in his grace this day and his mercy toward you. Angel voices ever singing round thy throne of light. Angel harps forever ringing. Rest not day or night. Thousands only live to bless thee and confess thee, Lord of might. The psalmist in their enthusiasm goes and declares what they're going to do. They are going to come to God in verse 13, it goes and says, I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams I will bring bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. May peace attend thy gaze and joy within thee wait to bless the soul of every guest on all that seek thy peace and wish for thine increase a thousand blessings ever rest. Midlands 103 Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we continue our time looking both at Psalm 66 and also the hymn special praising and adoring God for whom he is. We've just been listening to the hymn written by James Montgomery called Command Thy Blessing From Above. Let again listen to those wonderful lyrics. Command thy blessing, Jesus Lord, may we thy true disciples be. Speak to each heart the mighty word. Say to the weakest, follow me. Command thy blessing in this hour, Spirit of truth, fill this place with humbling and exalting power, with quickening and confirming grace. Shortly you'll be able to join me for an encopante, which we'll be having on the show. Now, my encopante is a little video that I normally go and produce on a Thursday and put out on either Facebook or YouTube. But I'm sharing this encopante with you because of the excitement of the whole idea of waiting on the Lord and the impact that that can make upon your life, especially as we consider the benefits that are listed out for us in Psalm 103. And as a result of that, 
We have reason to sing and to celebrate and to shout, as it says in Psalm 66. And in Psalm 66, the reason the psalmist is actually going encouraging us to sing and shout is when he actually looks back at the past, what God has done, when he looks at the present, what God is doing in his life, when he looks at the commitments that he has made, he has reason to sing and shout. And not only does he declare that he has reason to sing and shout, but you do also. And so we continue our time in praise with our next hymn, Dear Shepherd of Thy People Here. So let us continue our journey through John in chapter 14, beginning at verse 15, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me any more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands... And keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. But do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. You heard me saying, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father commanded me. Come now, let us leave. I love that little section in the middle of this reading where Jesus goes and says to us that anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. The idea of the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father coming and making our home with us is a beautiful picture. And that throws us into Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, where it goes and says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will eat with him and he with me. In other words, God wants to have communion with us. He wants to spend time with us. As you all know, just as in the Jewish culture, so it is in Irish culture, that the best place to go and participate and spend time with one another, to get to know one another, 
is over a cup of tea, is over dinner, is at the kitchen table. And so as we dine with our Heavenly Father and with Christ, and as they make their home with us, let us be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he teaches us who Jesus Christ is and who God the Father is. Folks, this has been wonderful time praising and worshipping God. And now, to finish off this section, we're going to have Lord enthroned in thy splendour. Midlands 183 A couple of weeks back, I was looking at the five benefits in Psalm 103 that my soul is not to forget. That's what David goes and says. And the result of those five benefits is that my youth will be renewed like that of the eagle. That it was going to be revamped, renewed, ready to go. And that phrase really got me thinking, what is it that happens with an eagle? Now, I didn't know this. Maybe you all knew this, but I didn't know this. And so I was doing some research on the eagle. And I discovered something that only applies to an eagle. And David wrote about this in the Psalms that far back. And we all go, oh, they were all idiots back then. No, no, David went and wrote about this. And he goes and he went and said that if I have my soul remember these five things, my youth will be renewed like that of the eagle. Isaiah goes and says in chapter 40, this is what he says. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now here's the thing that I discovered about the eagle. And I found this in numerous sources. But I liked the way that this was written in the Hindu times. And so I am going to read it to you what is stated here. The eagle has the longest lifespan of its species. And it can live up to 70 years. But to reach this age, the eagle must make a very difficult decision. In its 40th year, that is the year where everyone goes, oh, he's living a midlife crisis. Life only begins at 40. So this applies to the eagle, okay? In its 40th year, the eagle's long and flexible talons can no longer grab its prey, which serves as its food. Its long and sharp beak becomes bent. Its old age heavy wings, due to their thick feathers, stick to its chest and make it difficult to fly. So in other words, when this eagle hits 40, it's in bad shape. And I know all about that. But here's the thing. What does it do? This is what happens. And this is what David is speaking about. This is what Isaiah is speaking about. This is why the Lord is telling us just to wait on him. The eagle is left with two options. Option number one it dies. Or option number two is it goes through a painful process of change. And this is what it does. The process lasts 150 days or five months. This process requires the eagle to fly to a mountaintop and sit on its nest. And there the eagle knocks its beak against a rock until it can pluck it out. So it's just removed its beak. Now it is in a very weak and vulnerable state okay then the eagle will wait till a new beak grows back and after that it will pluck out its talons when the talons grow back 
Then the eagle goes and plucks out its age-old feathers, the old feathers, and then it has to let them, new feathers, grow back. And after this, the eagle takes its famous flight, renewed, a rebirth of sorts, and it lives for another 30 years. Isn't that amazing? Is it any wonder then that when David goes and says to us in Psalm 103 that we should go and praise the Lord and remind our souls not to forget God's benefits and the effects of those benefits are that it renews us, our youth like that of an eagle. What is basically David is saying is if we go and we rest in those benefits and I've spoken about them before but i just mentioned them quickly here. The benefits are this, that one... All of our sins are forgiven. Two, that he has healed us of all our diseases. Three, he has redeemed our lives from the pit. Four, he has crowned us with love and compassion. Five, he has satisfied our heart's desires with good things so that our youth may be renewed like that of the eagle. And here we have this eagle goes through a process where it is renewed and is ready to live another 30 years. That is amazing. But it doesn't stop there. Isn't that not why Isaiah goes and says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So just as that eagle sits there on a rock for five months at the top of a mountain in its nest, for five months in that weak and vulnerable state, waiting, 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 Isaiah is saying that those of us who wait on the Lord, just like that eagle, what happens? Our strength is renewed and we will mount up with wings like that eagle. Isn't that powerful stuff? Is it any wonder then that when Caleb, think about this, Caleb and Joshua were part of the 12 guys who were sent into Israel or into the Canaan at the time to go and spy out the promised land. And they came back with a good report. And the other times were like, oh, there's big giants. Oh, we, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And they turned all the people against them. Okay? And then here's the thing. For 40 years, all those people ended up walking around the desert because they did not obey God. And Caleb and Joshua, everyone else died of their generation except Caleb and Joshua. So that means that Caleb was walking, waiting on the Lord for 40 years to bring him back to the promised land. And here's the thing, when Caleb gets into the promised land, he was going to go and take a city on the top of the hill. Everyone else is younger than him. He's 80 at this stage. And he goes and he looks at that city and he goes and says, I am going to take that because my strength now is greater than when I was 40. Why was that? He could have been grumbling and complaining like all the rest of them going around the desert, but he wasn't. He was waiting on the Lord for 40 years to bring him into that place of blessing that he was going to go and have into his inheritance. And he was ready. He was revived. He was strengthened. He was on fire. He was ready at 80 years of age to go and take a city and goes and says that he was in better shape than when he was 40. Now, if you stop up and think about yourself, 
Are you in better shape now than you were when you were half your age? And if not, why not? I'll go and say it. The answer is simple. Because we have not learnt the lesson from the eagle. And we are the ones who are challenged to look to that eagle and see what it goes through. And we are exhorted by Isaiah to wait on the Lord. So if you're going through difficult times right now, if you're going through rough circumstances, if you're wondering what's going on, if you're even in a place of vulnerability like that eagle is, what is the answer? Wait on the Lord. And what will happen? The Lord will renew your strength and you will rise up on the wings like that of an eagle. Midlands 183.